Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone, a Merry Christmas to you all. For our Christmas Day edition, I spoke earlier this week to Natalie O'Rourke, the manager of Park Lane Stables in Teddington, South West London. Many of you will know Natalie's story, which caught the national headlines during lockdown in early 2021. A lot has happened since then, so check out episodes 29, 36 and 127. But for all the latest news at Park Lane, let's hear from Natalie. Welcome back to the Paddock and the Pavilion, Natalie. Lots to catch up on. Yeah, there's a lot been happening. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. Well, we certainly have. We've got your book, Only Heroes and Horses, um, appearing on breakfast television live. Uh, What's going on? What's going on now at Park Lane Stables? And you've also had a trip. I hope I'm right here to Windsor Castle to get your MBE on the 7th of December. That's right. Yeah, I was very lucky to receive my MBE from Prince William. So I was really delighted that it was him because I'm a big fan of William. So yeah, when um when we got there, I asked the policeman on the gate and said, um, "Can you tell me who it is today?" Because you don't you don't get to know till you get there. And he said, "Oh, do you really want me to tell you, or do you want a surprise?" And I said, "No, I really, really want you to tell me." And um, he told me it was William, and then I burst into tears because I was so happy. <laughs> How early do you have to get there for the the presentation? Um, you had we had to be there at quarter to two, and then it's all very slick, very very slick. So then um, we were allowed to park in the castle, which was really exciting because we got to drive up the long walk. Um, so that was exciting in itself and then they take you through they look after you so well and then you're held in different areas so you you sort of move through different rooms and then in the final room before you receive your MBE there's um, you do like a dress rehearsal so that you don't get anything wrong so there's there's quite a bit of preparation time probably an hour and a half or so um, but yeah, it was really amazing. It was completely surreal. I still can't believe it happened, to be honest. So you have a dummy presentation, do you? Yeah, yeah. It's really clever. Like, because they know that people are nervous and they, um, the people that work there are so lovely and they keep saying, if there's anything you want to ask, just come and ask. And then, um, they, they get you to practice curtsying 
practice going up to Prince William um, so that you don't so that you it makes you feel much calmer so when it's your turn because there's a live feed as well so you can see the people that are going ahead of you so um when I was there someone was knighted before me um so you can see all of that happening so that that's sort of reassuring because you can see what the layout of the room is and everything but I think it was really good that you get a little practice so you you get your curtsy right and everything on the uh, on your big moment and who did you go with I went with my dad um because well it, it was for my dad really um I've never would have got as far as I have today without my dad so it had to be my dad um and then my daughter Alice came as well and um, they're allowed to come in the room with you and they sort of stand to the side while you receive your award. And then um, there's like a string quartet. And um, when it was my turn um, to go in, the string, string quartet were playing um, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. So it was really nice memory because now like every time I hear that song, I'll remember that moment. Um, but yeah, it was a really emotional day. My dad was so proud and... Um, yeah, it, I couldn't have asked for more. It was it was dry and sunny. It was a you know beautiful day. So yeah, it was perfect to be honest. And what what did the Prince of Wales say? He said he 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 asked me. I thought it was a really clever question actually because he asked me what is an average day like for you. And I thought, well, that's a great question, isn't it? Because you could ask that to anybody. Um, so I said, well, there is no such thing as an average day at Park Lane's tables, to be honest. Um, every day is different. Um, and just then we spoke about sort of the benefits of horses, um, and how that, um, you know, people were now recognizing that it's not just all about riding and you can get massive benefit from just being around them. Um, and I managed to thank him for my award, um, and say thank you for like recognizing um the work that horses do really it probably only lasted about 90 seconds but it felt like a long time and um I was worried that I would talk too much and the lady said well when he wants you to stop talking he will shake your hand and if he doesn't want to shake your hand he'll just step back from you but he did shake my hand so I knew that that was my cue to be quiet (laughs) And your MBE was for services to people with disabilities and to the community in Teddington. You must have been proud for the people of Teddington as well. Oh, yeah, very proud. Yeah, I mean, really proud to to have, you know, um, done that work on behalf of them and to sort of put Teddington on the map, really. And I feel like my Brentford family are very proud of me as well, because like when I go to football, it does feel like a huge family. and I feel like I've made them proud. So I'm going to ask Brentford if they can um, maybe put it in the programme or something so that um, all my B family can see what happened as well. So, yeah, I felt like I was receiving it on behalf of a lot of people, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, I hope I've made them all proud. Well, you've certainly come a long way from the, the good news story of yeah. 2021. Yeah, such a long way. I mean, it's it's actually hard to believe how far I've come because, you know, I can remember really dark days of like living in a little cottage with my two friends and we had no heat and had no money and like going to bed with our coats on and thinking how we're going to get through the next day, let alone the next month, you know. And I think we just got through those times and we just had a 
we had belief really we believed that we could get through it and um and we have <laughs> well it's so nice to speak to someone who really deserves the award not that people don't but you know you're a member of the community who've done so much for your local community and for riding for the disabled to be presented with an mbe and, yeah thank you someone said that i restored their faith in the honors system because they someone said that they felt that they don't go to like ordinary people and actually on the day they must have put all the ordinary people together because um you know the people that i was chatting to were were lovely people that had um, done things like for women's football or um you know there was a lady that worked for the national crime agency there was two soldiers there that had done extraordinary things very young men so yeah it was really nice to be um talking to other people and see uh, why they'd got their awards as well and they were they were like me really they were sort of ordinary people that had managed to achieve something extraordinary I guess well let me say you're certainly not you're not ordinary and, uh, <laughs> thank you your part lane uh, volunteers have also been recognized this year haven't they yeah so the part lane volunteers got the queen's award for voluntary service which was really special as it was in the jubilee year and then obviously um the queen has passed away so it would was the final year that we uh, it would have been awarded by herself so yeah i mean that was that was really special and it is like an mbe for every single one of our volunteers um and we had to put names in a hat and then two ladies names got pulled out to see who would go and receive it so they went to tower of london to receive it on behalf of all the volunteers and then um the award is actually doing the rounds. People are allowed to have a couple of nights with it at home. And then um, everybody's had a certificate printed out if they want one that they can have at home and frame it. So, yeah, I was, I was so pleased for them. And, you know, they really deserve it. And we can't do anything without them, you know, so they're, they're the backbone behind the whole thing. So, yeah, it was it was great for them to be honoured that way. And um, we also got um, given a tree from the queen's green canopy which was part of the jubilee as well so we were actually given a silver birch tree as part of that um so yeah i feel like we've we've done quite well this year as a charity well let's just go back that you last featured on the paddock and the pavilion back in late may it was episode 127 and your book only heroes and horses was just coming out and you were about to go on breakfast television live in the studio with Naga and Charlie, I think. What was that like? Uh, it was really terrifying. Um, it was much more terrifying than um, anything I'd done before because, I mean, I'd done lots of live TV, but when I'm standing there with a horse, I, I'm really, you know, it's fine. And you just look down the camera. But actually being in the studio, I felt like quite far out of my comfort zone. And then um, I'd said to somebody, oh, I'm really worried about it, you know. And they said, well, take a bit of uh, horse hair with you. So I did. I had a little bit of horse hair in my hand. And then Naga sort of fixated on on that. And it was, it was, I got a bit told off, actually, because I was supposed to talk about the book. And then she fixated on the horse hair. And then I just got like, I don't know, I was just, Thought, I'm on the I'm on the sofa at BBC breakfast, <laughs> and I don't I don't even know what I was saying. But it was yeah, it was really really exciting and like to go to the actual studio and 
you know, when you see it on the telly and then um, it's actually really, really small, the studio. But but it was much more difficult than being filmed at the stables because, um, yeah, you, you're out of your own environment. So I did my best, but I'm told that I could have done better. <laughs> Is that the BBC really did make a difference? I was looking up; it was the 18th of February when you were first on uh, breakfast television. That was at Park Lane Stables. Yeah, yeah, and I remember that morning because um, I was very, very tired um, because I'd stayed up trying to fill in a um, business plan for the bank to borrow money, and I was really tired. And um, you know, and Fiona Lambin said. Oh, you know, if you're lucky, you could get a hundred thousand from this. And I thought, brilliant, you know, a hundred thousand. That'll that'll really help. And then we'll have to borrow less money. At no point did we ever think that we were going to get the whole lot from BBC Breakfast. I mean, still now I think about it, and I'm like, oh my God, did like did that happen? Like it's absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, so exciting and so grateful to the Breakfast viewers. Um, you know that they listened really and they acted and um you know they saw the value in what we were doing i'd like to thank every single one of them but um i hope they watched me on the telly that day and when i said thank you and they they got the message and of course on breakfast telly you weren't allowed to wear your rda hat were you no that was quite devastating and for my mbe i did have to wear a hat for the mbe so i had a posh hat and then I did actually wear my RDA scarf um, to the castle, but I took it off before I went into the room. But um, no, on Breakfast Telly, I had to go hatless. So <laughs> that was a challenge for me, but I managed it, yeah. <laughs> well, you haven't got your hat on this morning. But, I know, uh... I know. I don't know what's going on. I've been up since so early. I'm like, I don't even know what my name is. I'm you know, I've forgot my hat. I'm on this sort of crazy countdown to Christmas, trying to manage the weather with the horses. It's rugs on, rugs off, you know, hay in the field. No hay in the field today because there's grass. So, oh, my gosh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. We've just got to keep going. <laughs> and on today's podcast interview, you're on your own. We've got no trigger. We've got no Elliot. We've got no prodney. We've got nobody with you. No. No, not today. No, because... um. I had a few things to do and it, it's a bit difficult to be honest, uh, when the, when it's all going on at the stables. So sometimes I do have to escape and have a little bit of quiet time. Then I can be a bit more productive, um, with less interruptions. Yeah. But it does feel funny without them. And how are book sales going? We've now gone from a hardback to a paperback. Um, it was, yeah. it was I also think- included in the, in the racing post as well in the, in oh, the- yeah, Racing Post did the most lovely review. I mean, the things they wrote, it was just, yeah, so, so kind of them. Um, yeah, and the sales are going well, actually. Um, we have a secret that we're not allowed to share. Um, and then, um, that will, that, that will, I think, uh, boost sales. So my advice is get your hands on a book now because it might be, um, you know, you might not be able to get one if you're not careful so yeah we will have a big announcement and i will come back on the paddock in the pavilion to tell everyone the big announcement but i'm not allowed to tell you today because i will be told off <laughs> but yeah it's going well but the best thing about the book actually and this morning um i've just been doing some writing because 
people uh, send me the most gorgeous um, handwritten letters. And I've just been replying to this guy who'd written to me and he said that he'd read the book and it had inspired him to get more involved with horses. And so he'd gone to volunteer at his local riding centre. Um, and then as a consequence of that, he got a pony on loan. And I just love that. I, you know, I love that people are reading it and it's, it's inspiring them. And another lady I remember wrote to me who'd read it and said, she felt as if I'd given her permission to just enjoy her horse because she'd owned this horse for quite a long time. And then she'd always had this guilt that she wasn't doing enough with the horse. And then when she read my book, she said she felt as if it's okay just to enjoy the horse and look after the horse while you don't have to be competing at Hickstead. And that really meant a lot to me as well, because I thought, brilliant, people are realising that horses are not, they're not just for competition or sport. They're also, you know, companions, they're, they're friends, aren't they? So, um, so yeah, it's, it seems it's touched a lot of people and I'm really pleased about that. And um, who knows where it will go? I can't say. <laughs> well, it's a fantastic read. I thought I knew... The story and I, I really didn't until I started reading reading the book there's things in there I'd never have dreamed that you know I thought that you were you know you're doing well to uh keep going there at times and 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 you've already sort of mentioned that earlier in the in this podcast yeah I think it's you know I hope that it gives people um you know a sense of hope and resilience really and you know that you could be at rock bottom and I'm sure there are people having a bad time this Christmas and you know but what I would say is just just hold on if you hit the bottom hold on because there's only one way to go and that's up you know and I'm proof of that if I could tell my younger self you know don't worry you'll be all right in a few years time because I remember you know really dark times and it was around Christmas time when we had the fire and I had nowhere to live um you know somebody took me in locally gave me a roof over my head and we pretty much lost everything at that point. You know, my dad was sort of at his wit's end and um, begging me to come back to Birmingham, but I stuck with it. So, I, you know, I just hope that the book says that to people, that doesn't matter how how low you get, you, there's only one way to go, and that's back up. And it's such an easy book to read because you all the chapters, you can read a chapter, put it down, and then pick the next chapter of it. it it's a real page turner, but one that you can stop and start and just carry on reading it. Oh, good. I'm glad it reads like that because that's what we hoped, you know, and that pe- people would enjoy it. And um, yeah, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be too heavy going because there are sad parts, aren't there? And I have had a lot, quite a few men actually say to me, although you know they were listening to it on the train or reading it on the train, and it's made them cry and. But, um, you know, we don't want to break everybody's hearts. But but the truth is true, you know, that those sad things did happen. And, um, you know, but but it's all it's all good in the end. And then the people that um, like Annie, that's in the story that that we sadly who sadly died, you know, um, her parents are happy that we're keeping her memory alive. And, you know, people are reading about her and talking about her. You know, and you you couldn't ask for more than that, that somebody's memory is kept alive. And you went to some different places to promote the book and with some of the horses as well. Yeah, so Trigger Trigger loves a bit of attention. So Trigger and I did quite a lot of um, book signing. So 
we would pop him in the trailer and he lo- Trigger loves to go somewhere where there's no other horses. So um, he'd be in his element at a bookshop where everybody's just petting him and taking his photograph and, you know, that he's, he, you know, he'd be, re- you know, that's when he's at his happiest. So, yeah, we, we went, Trigger and I went to quite a few bookshops all over London. And then I went to um, the National Horse Racing Museum at Newmarket, which was really amazing, actually, and met some lovely, lovely people. And, um, you know, it was great to talk to people that love horses as much as I do. So I met some great people and we just talked horse um, all morning. Um, and then I was looking at lucky enough to have a good look around the museum. So that that was a really special day. Now you went on the uh, horse race simulator where Frank Conlon, a good friend of mine, showed you how to race ride. Yeah, Frank was amazing. Yeah, and I came back and the children at the stables were so impressed. They were like, "Oh my god, you know, you went on that on the uh, proper simulator with Frank." And I was like, "Yeah, I did." They were impressed, and I promised them that I will bring them on a trip. Um, and that they can have a little lesson from Frank as well. So I've got to make that happen in 2023. Yeah, and you must come, must come must come back. And you also went to the British Racing School and the Injured Jockeys Fund as well. I did, yeah. And that, that was amazing because we um, send a lot of children to the British Racing School. So it was really good to be able to go and see it firsthand and chat to the tutors there. That was That was great. And then the um, Injured Jockeys Fund is, wow, what an amazing building that is. I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? And um, such an amazing facility. And then this weekend, actually, I was at the London International Horse Show and I was in the live zone and um, doing like a Q&A and um, things like that. And it was lovely because actually um, they reconnected me with some young people that are now 19 uh, from the Ebony Horse Club that... Um, I'd taught them to race so I didn't know they were going to be there and then when I got there they were sort of like um and here they are you know I knew them when they were like 11 so that was really lovely as well um you know to reconnect with them so I've had I've had a lot of um nice opportunities this year which has been great and met some really really lovely people yeah because O'Shane who's been on this podcast he was at uh, Ebony wasn't he? And, and O'Shane yeah. now writes out for Charlie Fellows. Yeah, yeah. So we're really proud of O'Shane. And then the young people that were there on Saturday, um, they'd gone through the Racing a Dream Academy, which is um, part of the Khadija Mella legacy. So um, there was a few kids there that I, one of them, actually, Ibrahim, I taught him to ride from scratch. As like when when he met me, he'd never even seen a horse. Um and now he's gone through the academy, you know, and he's doing really well. But O'Shane is um, great because, like, he's someone for them to aspire to be because he's a success story, you know. So um, it's great that these children are coming through and becoming young adults and sticking with the industry. Yeah, and when we were at the British Racing School, we got showed by round by Carol Bramhill, and you were chained to her about the possibility of people getting referred to the BRS in future as well. Yeah, yeah, because we have, you know, we have a lot of young people that are a bit, um, you know, they don't, they don't really know. They haven't enjoyed school. They're, they're not massively academic, but they, they really enjoy the horses. So if we can steer them the right way and also for them to recognize that you don't have to be a jockey, that there's a massive team of people in racing. And if you don't want to be the jockey or you don't have that ability, you can still be involved. 
so that that's um you know we 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 steer a lot of people towards towards that career path um because we have a lot of young people sent to us that are not in educational training because they just can't cope in the school system so it was great to be able to talk to the people at the BRS and um you know then I can speak with better experience really to the to the families that we're sending there and what's life like now at Petersham I just wanted to catch up with you there but before we start talking about Park Lane it's busy I mean we've never been so busy which is great because what's happened is people have realized that we're there and then we're having um people reaching out to us that I mean there's you know I just give you one example of a of a family where the mother the, the child's been sent um away from school the mum was on the phone crying to us you know she don't know what to do she can't get through a, a week because the child's at home and she's at a wit's end and she wouldn't have known about us if we hadn't had if we hadn't had our profile raised so it's great us getting these awards and it's it's amazing to you know be recognized but the better thing that's come out of it is that people have found us so you know we're helping so many more families and like that one family in particular, we've signposted the mum to uh, other charities that can also help her. So now her week is getting more filled with different activities and there's more structure for her. So, um, yeah, we're, we're busy, busy, busy. Um, and, um, you know, we've survived this cold snap, which was really, really challenging for, for everyone, I'm sure. I mean, on Twitter, I saw all the racehorse trainers on the gallops and I thought, Mikey, what's wrong with us? You know, they're just getting on with it. Um, but yeah, it, it's good at Petersham, and and we're really, really grateful to Peter McCormack that um, has let us stay there. Um, but equally, we're really keen to get home. So um, yeah, we've made it home. We've settled ourselves in, but it'll be nice when when we're back where we belong. And I was reading on Twitter that plans for Park Lane's refurbishment have been submitted to richmond council what's the sort of time scales now uh well it's not the quickest um <laughs> i don't really know why the council don't move that quickly um but we have submitted it i know with christmas and everything um that's going to slow everything down so we're just waiting really we're waiting for a green light from them we've um we've sort of gone ahead and started looking for the builder that we want to use because there's no point us waiting for the planning and then trying to get the builder. So um, and because we're a charity, we have to do everything really properly. So we have to get like three quotes and then do all our due diligence on the background of them and everything. So we're doing all that while we're waiting for the council. Um, and then it's going to be really exciting when we're home because we with horses one of the biggest barriers is like you need an appointment to go to a stable so that is the thing that we're taking away we're taking away that appointment system so we're going to make sure that there's a horse available all the time not all night but into the evening and um, people can just come and just be with the horse and they can chat to our volunteers and you know, hopefully meet like-minded people. I mean, we'll still obviously have to have the appointments for the actual riding and carriage driving, but we just wanted to help as many people as possible. And we thought that would be the best way um, by by having a horse available at all times for people. So, yeah, that's the vision, really. And how many horses will you be able to have on site? Uh, well, not that many, actually, because um, everybody will know that the place is tiny. 
and um so uh you know we we need to make it the best that it can be for the horses so it'll only be about eight or nine horses but people that know us well know that we rotate the horses so when they're not at the stables they're at the field and we've always run the stables like that and we'll continue to do so it works really well because they don't get fed up of being in and um, they still get their downtime, their chill time. So, yeah, there'll be eight or nine in at a time and then they'll just constantly rotate as they always have done. Now, are you hopeful of moving in in 2023? Definitely, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we will be back, yeah. Yeah, and then we, we we want to welcome everybody, you know. People write me gorgeous letters and quite a few people have been to see us, but I think when when we're home, properly home, I think more people will come and see us, people that, we've you know, that saw us on the telly that we haven't met yet. So I'm looking forward to that. And, um, and just to say, we've kept every single letter that was written to us. So when we were on the BBC, we had thousands of letters, not not as many as Captain Tom got, but quite a few. And then we kept every single one. So we're going to have some sort of like display of those so that people will be able to read them and they'll know that we've kept them all. So, um, yeah, that that will be nice as well. Well, it will be fabulous when you have an official opening. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll have an official opening and we'll get some celebrity to come. And, um, yeah, we'll have some sort of like parade up the street and we want to involve the whole community. So... Yeah, we'll no doubt close the road and cause chaos like we always did. Yeah, because we want everybody to be involved with it because it's the people's stables, you know. It's not my stables. It's it's for the people and it's, um, you know, it's for the community. So when we do reopen, we need, we need to um, make sure that as, as many people as want to be are involved with that. Well, that's what's special about Park Lane because you had over 30,000 people who made donations to save the stables didn't you yeah yeah and that that's mad isn't it i mean that's like at brentford it holds eighteen thousand. that's like two brentford stadiums full of people that have that have supported us you know and i'm always trying to thank those people and um there's a lot of people that donated as well that are not in the digital age you know so they they do write and i write back to every single one of them and i love that i love that we still you know we have that connection and um, there's sometimes people that even phone up, call us up, and we have a chat. Um, so yeah, I, I I wish that I could shake every single one of them by the hand and and thank them personally. That that would be lovely. Now you've mentioned Brentford a couple of times on the podcast now, and uh, and I know this is a, a cricket and horse racing podcast, but yeah, we've, sorry. Only, we've only we've only we've only just had, no no we've only just had the World Cup, but I, I wanted to ask you about Brentford and what the club means to you and your and your son Woody uh well it's it's like a huge family to us to be honest I write this podcast uh, uh, yeah not a podcast I write a blog sorry um called Woody Welcomes um and I um we highlight every club that visits uh, Brentford and we meet a person with a disability and then we write our blog about about what those premierships clubs do behind the scenes because I think football gets a lot of bad press and you get to hear all the bad things about the footballers but what you don't get to hear about is all these things that go on behind the scenes for people with disabilities or people that are unwell and so on um, so we're trying to highlight that but for us personally 
Well, it's, it's just a lifeline for us because Woody is really um, like hyperactive and he's really noisy. And when he goes to breakfast, he can just be himself and it's it's so accepting and, he, you know, he can shout his head off and he can he can be Woody and people have embraced that and I could never thank them enough. And it's um it's like an outlet for his energy really. But they've but they've just they've just taken us into their hearts and um it's hard to explain really. You'll have to come one day, but the atmosphere there is just electric, but it's and it's so warm and you know, I wish people would hear more about that side of football because I think people often have a misconception about football and that that's not my experience at all. And the players and, and the manager have been very welcoming to you as well. Yeah, they're delightful. I mean, last week they had an event there called Bees at Christmas. And, you know, I don't know if other football clubs do this, but all the players are just sitting there and at the table and you can just go up and chat with them and have a photograph with them. And um, Thomas Frank, um, who's Brentford manager, every single match he comes up to Woody at the end of the match, every single game without fail. And, you know, um, he exchanges a few words with Woody or a fist bump or a hug or, you know, they commiserate with each other, they celebrate with each other. But it's like a genuine thing. And he also, um, Thomas Frank WhatsApps me on my phone little videos to Woody, like, you know, hey, Woody, and um, what a great game that was. And um, so it's not it's not to do with, like, media or press or publicity. Um, it's just, it's genuine. And last Christmas, actually, and we didn't put this on social media in the press, but Thomas Frank came to our house and I knew he was coming, but I didn't tell Woody. And then um, the doorbell rang and Woody answered the door and Thomas Frank was standing there and Woody just, I mean, he couldn't believe it. And Thomas went up to Woody's bedroom and had a good look at the bedroom. And then they played like snakes and ladders together. And Thomas had a bowl of pasta at our house. I mean, he's just such a kind man. And there's no, you know, there's no sort of hidden agenda. It's just, um, they're both just passionate about Brentford. And it, and it, it's just a really, it's a proper like family football club. And I'm sure it's going to stay that way forever. I can hear what it means to you. Where, where are Brentford going to come at the end of the season? I looked up their tenth at the moment. I don't know. I mean, as a Brentford fan, we don't really mind. We just want to stay up. And you know, I, 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 um, I often think, oh, if we get relegated, what would that mean for Woody? And you know, it, it wouldn't impact Woody because he would still have that same atmosphere. He'd still have the same experience of going to the games. You know, um, he still, still see the goals and see his friends, but. It's obviously for the club. It would it would impact the club massively, and our, you know, um, for them, obviously, we just want we want them to stay up. So we're realists. Brentford fans are realists. So yeah, we got beat by Chillingham in the Carabao Cup. So yeah, but but we're just enjoying the ride. Well, uh, it's it sounds like a fantastic ride. So hopefully, this season. I mean, you're, who's who's next up? Next up for the Woody Welcomes. Tottenham. So we've got Tottenham on Boxing Day. So um, we've written the blog, we've got it all ready. And then we're meeting um, a young man called Nathan and his mum on Boxing Day. And then they do a shirt swap at every game. So um, we give them a Brentford shirt and then Woody receives um, the shirt from the uh, opposite team. And then 
somebody that we sit near at Brentford, um, their wife is going to sew them all into like a duvet for Woody because he'll never wear them, you know. So um, we thought we don't want them to be wasted. So she's going to sew them all into a big uh, duvet cover for him, which I thought was really cool. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to shine a light on the positivity of football. Um, and and I hope I hope we're doing that. So yeah, check out Woody Welcomes if if anyone's got time. Well, thanks again, Natalie, for for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion. The one thing I always get from you, and it comes through all the time, is like you say, positivity. Which uh... yeah, we haven't got time for negativity. Definitely not. And um, I think you just have to you just have to repel negativity like a like a force field that's what I try and do we just don't let negativity in just just stay positive um yeah so I hope everyone has a really amazing 2023 um and a happy Christmas to everybody well thank you and 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 to you and Woody and all the volunteers at Park Lane Stables you've got a very exciting 2023 ahead the internet's held up as well this morning so know, we've done really well haven't we? yeah 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 so yeah the luck's on our side this morning definitely but thank you for having me on and just one final thing i looked on uh, one of your pages and it's hashtag park lane stables are coming home yeah yeah that's it yeah that, <coughs> the football didn't come home but we are definitely well thanks again for joining me Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Happy Christmas. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.